Welcome uh, to you. Great to see you. Welcome back. And if it is your first Sunday back, uh, <clears throat> I think we can just about get away with saying Happy New Year. I, th- I think this is about the last day you can do it, really, isn't it? Um, but yeah, every blessing for the new year. Um, just going to bring a, a little bit of a notice um, before we get into what I want to share today. Um, at the beginning of 22, we uh, last year, <laughs> we, we ran uh, something called 40 Days of Prayer, and uh, it, was, it was quite significant um, for us individually and as a church, so much so that we just reflected on it and thought, do you know what, this would be something that would be really good to kick off the start of 2023. I can't promise this becomes a, an apex tradition, but we're certainly going to go for it again this year. So starting on Wednesday, slightly random, but we're just thinking about um, people getting back into the year and all of those good things. Um, and we're thinking, when does 40 days run to? And we'd like it to finish on a Sunday. So anyway, on Wednesday, uh, the 11th, we're going to start. and We're going to have a, a family night together on Wednesday evening. So I'd love to welcome anyone and everyone to come together. Uh, we'll be together, we'll share, and we'll start to pray 7.30 And we're going to run it through to uh, the 19th of February, which is amazing to think that that's 40 days. And what we've done is we've prepared, like last time, we've prepared a set of notes, uh, and we've got them in various forms. So we do have some printed copies, uh, double-sided. There's quite a lot here, as you can imagine, for 40 days, because there's other things in there as well. But if you don't have a printer or uh, you don't want to look at it on a very small screen and you would like a paper copy, um, uh, Sue has got a number of paper copies at the back that we've, we've printed off. Um, we've, uh, so at the very least, if you, can, if you do want to take one, can we say one, one per household? Um, but if you are used to looking at things on your phone, your iPad, your laptop, your computer, whatever, it will be coming this afternoon in all its glory to you um, on email. So again, if you think, I'm not sure the church has got my email, again, Sue's there at the back, please make sure she's got uh, your email. The other thing we'll do is each week with the, the weekly news, we'll send also the next seven days. So we'll do a reminder and a little nudge of what's coming up, but it will also help us if things come up things that we particularly feel God is saying or want to lead us into, um, we, we can add that uh, into the weekly news for the, seven, the following seven days. So it should come to you in any way you want it, okay, um, and be available um, to you. Um, but I, I just wanted to highlight some things. Please have a read this afternoon, this next week. Have a read of some of the things we're suggesting. You'll find there's a number of links that you can click on, extra things uh, that you can look at. But what we thought we would do is we would take the, 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 the weeks and split them into themes. Okay? So we're going to look at ourselves, Apex Church, Cows and the Isle of Wight, the UK the nations, and then finally, what is God doing in us and with us at this current time? So we're going to reflect, as it were. And each day, there will be a few prayer pointers that you can look at, encourage you uh, to uh, pray into. 
Nobody's going to check up on you, so nobody will know whether you're doing it or not. So you must have a freedom uh, just to, to do any of these elements that you feel. Another thing we'd love you to do is to think about three people that you know who don't yet know Jesus and to pray for them. Write them down and to pray for them over the 40 days. And there's more notes on these things uh, that you'll get this afternoon and through the weeks. Thirdly, what I'm hoping to do is we're going to take the posters and bits and pieces off of the board at the back there. We want to create a creative prayer board, a prayer wall for the next 40 days. So if God begins to say something, gives us a scripture, a picture, maybe there's some sort of creativity, we're going to have some pins and things can be pinned up on the wall there. If there are particular people we want to pray for, we can put names on the board back there. So hopefully that will develop over the next six weeks. We want to encourage whole households to pray together. So if you have children, uh, we want to encourage you to get the children involved. And in fact, this time we've got some helps, some tips, some pointers, ideas for children for each of the weeks ways you can get them involved. Again, links that you can click on. And even we've got um, some ideas for youth. Okay, Y-O-O-F. Um, so uh, you, uh, some of the young people can get involved. So there's ideas on there. We're going to gather corporately as a body. There'll be different times. All the dates and that will be on this sheet that will come to you, but it'll also be posted out each week. But we are certainly going to try and meet on Sunday evenings, 7 o'clock, on Sunday. So not this Sunday, not tonight, but next Sunday. So Wednesday we'll come together and then Sunday we'll come together. But there's lots of other times as well. I want to encourage you to fast, to consider fasting, something you may have done lots, something you may never have done. You think, fasting? I couldn't possibly miss out anything. I'm sure you could. We all can. It's a challenge though, but giving ourselves to God. Uh, and I'm not just talking about telly or the internet, I'm talking about food, okay? Um, that's what fasting is really about, is about, is about foods. Again, there are tips and pointers in this. You're saying, wow, Mark, there's a lot of information. Yes, there is. Um, there are tips and pointers on fasting, uh, everything from one meal through to, well, you can fast for 40 days, but that, um, talk to your doctor before you do that, though. Um, hello. Um, he's heading for the drums, just so you know. He's, he's, our, he's our drummer in, in, in development, so um, that's fine. Um, the, finally, I just want to say, what we want to try and do is suggest a bit of a rhythm. For some of you, you'll say, I've got some of this already. But for many of us, we're aware, how do I get into prayer? How do I begin to develop? How do I build prayer into my life? So again, there are tips and pointers in here, but what we're going to suggest is a morning, midday, and evening kind of structure. Not complicated, quite simple, but you can take as much time as you have, or as little time as you have. So in the morning, we're going to suggest that we pray a psalm, and each day you'll find a psalm in the notes. There's a suggested psalm. But of course, you can start at Psalm 1 and go through. You can pick a psalm if you've got favorite psalms. Again, there are, there's books that are recommended where you can dig into the psalms. But you can read a psalm in the morning. In the midday, at midday, set a note on your phone or whatever, a reminder, and pray the Lord's Prayer. 
It takes about 40 seconds. If you remember, back, who remembers the hand-washing days? Some of you are saying we haven't left them. Um, but uh, actually, on lots of toilets, if you went into churches, it used to say, um, praying the Lord's Prayer is about a good length of time for washing your hands. Okay, so if you remember that, so our Father are in heaven, hallowed be that, you know, remember that? Okay, so it's, it's, it's not very long, but to do that at midday. And then in the evening is to actually take a, a moment of reflection. And there are four R's, all of these things in your notes, but I've just hopefully this is encouraging you to take a moment to recall, to rejoice, to repent, and to renew, okay? And there's more instruction on that, and you can go, it's something that Pete Gregg and uh, prayer, 24-7 Prayer have really developed this whole area, and you, again, you can click on links and get notes on that. Have you got the idea? So there's, you can't say there aren't, there isn't any information, Mark, and there aren't any ideas. Just to also say, we don't want groups to stop. We want the groups to keep going in all their different forms. If you're saying, I'd like to be in a group, I'm not sure what group to be in, can you talk to Ashley at the back? He'd love to hear from you. A number of groups are beginning to get going now, and we felt we don't want the momentum of those groups to stop. We want them to get going and keep going. So we want the groups to make prayer a priority. Okay? So make groups a a prayer a priority. Um, and I'm hoping that there will be one or two more groups that will spring up. Just like, if you remember, Les and Terry, they're away doing Christmas Day today because they couldn't do it at Christmas. But they they came to me and they said, we'd like to do a group on a Monday afternoon. Uh, We'd like to begin to pray. Uh, And that sprung out uh, of the 40 days of prayer. And I said, brilliant. People went along. That group has carried on, and it's still carrying on. And in fact, Les has said, if anyone wants to come and pray on a Monday afternoon, you're welcome to join in. So that's what I'm hoping and praying. All good? So that is the 40 days of prayer that we're going to uh, launch uh, on Wednesday. Um, email will be coming out this afternoon, and, uh, and so on. And we will go. Good. Well, up on the screen, I think you'll have seen this interesting little, little phrase. This is something I have been li- living with. The left field God. <laughs> and there's a question mark. I'll come back to the question mark. Is God left field? Is perhaps we might... And you might even go, well, what, what is left field? What does that mean? Uh, we'll come back to that in a moment. I want to start with two very well-known stories. Uh, well, I think they're well known, but just to give a context. The first one is 1 Samuel 16, and hopefully it will come up on the screen. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I'm rejecting him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be a king. So off Samuel goes, he gathers up a heifer, a male cow, uh, to, that is to be sacrificed. Um, he has a bit of a discussion with God about the pros and cons of how it's all going to go. And he arrives in Bethlehem and he consecrates Jesse and his sons. There would have been ceremonial washing and getting them all ready. And he invites them to sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab 
and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before the front of Samuel. Samuel said, the Lord's not chosen this one either. Jesse then made Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had fine appearance and handsome features. I find it fascinating that this, that's written in there. We've just been told that the looks and appearance has got nothing to do with it, but it's still mentioned. <laughs> I, I just not quite worked that one out yet. But I, what I know is the Lord is not looking at how he looked. The Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. The second reading I want to take us into is in Kings. Two Kings. Two Kings chapter 5. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. At this time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel. And among their captives was a young girl who'd been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day, the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Uh, go and visit the prophet, the king. And so the king of Aram told him, go and visit the prophet. I'll send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying gifts, 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, 10 sets of clothing. The letter to the king of Israel said, with this letter, I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, Am I God that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me. He will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and his chariots and his silver and his gold and his clothes and he waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. 
Then your skin will be restored and you'll be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stomped off in a mood. That's my version. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God to heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana and the Farpa, Farpa, yeah, better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey when he says simply, Go, wash, be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River, dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. Lord, we thank you for your words. We thank you for the power of it, the authority of it, the truth of it. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us today from your words. For Jesus' glory and for his sake. Amen. A few weeks ago at the Regions Beyond Leaders Gathering in Birmingham, I felt the Holy Spirit really prompting me about this verse in, uh, in, well, in 1 Samuel 16. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart. I always find going away, uh, these times of retreat and moments of gathering with others, significant. I really value your prayers. I've been invited uh, for two days this week to meet with other leaders, those who are leading churches in our family, to go together uh, up to London. A number of us are going to be together on Tuesday and Wednesday. So please do pray, because they're always significant times. And, and I often find there are moments when God wants to speak. You, you step out into a different environment, and God begins to speak, doesn't he? So please do be praying for that. But while we were there, Ashley and I were there, and uh, Mick was there. Uh, Mick and Pat were, were there with us. Were you there, Pat? But in Birmingham. Yes, you were. Uh, I, I felt God spoke. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. But as I was meditating on it, I got this phrase, the God of surprises. The God of surprises. And then I thought about the God of the left fields. So all of this was mulling away, and it's been mulling away with me ever since. And in fact, before Christmas, I knew that this is what I wanted to speak on on January the 8th. I just felt God say, this is what I want you to bring. Now I was ready for that to shift and change, but this is what I wanted to bring. The work, the plans, the purposes of God quite often seem to come out of left field, as it were. I, I actually look it up. I love the entomology of words. That's the big word for it. Uh, where does it come from? And I thought, left field, what, that's a funny phrase. Where does it come from? Apparently, it looks like it comes, it comes back from the 1940s, so it's not a very old phrase. It's from baseball. 
Okay? So if you're a right-hander and you're a right-handed batter and you're batting and you bat the ball, but if it comes out of left field, it comes as a surprise. It can catch you unawares. If stuff comes out of the left field for me, uh, it's a real problem because I'm nearly blind in one eye. Okay? Most people don't know that. But there are certain, if something comes this way at me, I often, uh, Jackie and the family will know, I will jump because I, I haven't seen it. Uh, and, and it seems as though what God often is, is doing, it's, it's, I wasn't expecting that, is the kind of phrase we might say, yeah? I wasn't expecting that. Even we might find ourselves saying, if I was God, I wouldn't do it that way. But I'm sure none of you have ever said that. It's only just me. Interestingly, it will be six years on Tuesday since Jackie and I came to the island. Really? Six Amazing. I always remember telling Jackie about that first phone call that I got from Steve Oliver when he told me the story about how Richie was praying and how there was the potential of going back to Penge and, and so on and so forth. And Steve rang me and I was down at our church building in Swindon and I went home and told Jackie the whole story. Uh, I can see where she was sitting there on the sofa and the phrase she said, she said, she said, we had always wondered if we might finish up going overseas. But I never thought that's what it might mean. Here we are, with another year laid out before us. Have you got plans for this year? Are they what God wants? What if God's plans turn out to be different to yours? Proverbs 16, verse 9. In the hearts, men and women plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Some versions say that will stand. Now, we're not robots, we have free will. We have an invitation to pursue the Lord, to follow his purposes. As we think about our plans, our dreams, our desires, as we open ourselves to 40 days of prayer and think about what does God want for us individually, corporately, as a church, very often I think, if, it, if any of you are like me, and I know I'm pretty regular and normal, I can begin to say in my mind, this is what I'd like the Lord to do, and this is how I'd like him to do it. Am I just the only one? No. Lord, can I tell you about my plans? That I'd like it to look like this and to go like that. You know that one? <laughs> but time and time again, God's word shows us and the experience of many of you here, I'm sure, is that very often things are quite different to what we expected. This is not how I expected it might be. I want to say something, so I'm, I'm slightly faltering because although I've got notes here, I'm just wanting, I've been praying a lot that the Holy Spirit would lead me and prompt me through, uh, through what I'm saying and, and just to 
put things in. Well, I, I, I just feel prompted here to say, God is not in the business of being nasty. Can you please hear this in what I'm saying? So he, he's not this sort of nasty, hand-rubbing kind of, ha, I'm going to trick them this year. That's, that's not that. God is good. Can we, can we say that together? God is good. All that teaching we were doing before Christmas as we looked at truth on fire, the nature and the person and the character of our God, he is good. Not in the sense of nice. He is awesomely good in his sovereign purposes and plans. So he's not trying to trip us up. <laughs> That's not the heart of God. So when changes do come, not might come, when they do come, when, when the plan is not how I had imagined it, it's not a malicious God, it is a sovereign God in his goodness and his grace. But things do change, don't they? They're quite different. But that's why I've got this question mark. There is a question mark there which I want to get to in this left field God question mark. But he's not one who wants uh, to trick us. So time and time again, God shows us, and the experience of many of you here is that things are quite different to what I expected. Here's a key that I want to say to you. This is a question I want to ask you. How do we react? How do we respond? Brothers and sisters, I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to anyone. How do we react? How do we respond when change surprises come. I love this little cameo story of Naaman. Maybe, maybe you've never heard it. It's hidden away in the book of Kings. It's one of my favorite. I love these kind of stories in the Bible. Perhaps because it, it just feels very human to me. It feels very real. He gets himself organized. I mean, this is a serious man. He's, you know, he's a high-level soldier. He's got all these others under his command. He gets himself organized. He gathers up this great pile of gifts. He, I often go in the simulator with different things. I imagine how it's going to be. Do you, does anybody else do that? So I have scenarios, situations, and I often will go in my head. Jackie sometimes tell me off because I overthink things. I'll, I'll imagine how it's going to be, and it doesn't. Somebody just nudged somebody at the back there. I saw that. <coughs> uh, but I, I think this is how it's going to be, and it doesn't turn out to be like that. And she just says to me quite often, No, just don't overthink it. But you can see Naaman, he's got it all planned. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to come with all my pomp and ceremony and my chariots and my soldiers. I've got all my gifts. I mean, goodness me, has he got some serious gifts? You know, I'm ready to pay for it if I need to. He's going to come out. He's going to wave his hand. You know, it's going to be very dramatic. He's, he's got it, hasn't he? He's got it um, in his head. And he arrives, first of all, to the king of Israel with this letter. The king of Israel thinks it's a declaration of war. He's like, why are you coming to me? I can't heal you. You know, he, hasn't, he doesn't quite know. The little girl knows where he should go. But he has to start with the king. And Elisha says, send him to me. I almost get, the sort of, um, get that sort of classic British, send him to me, you know, send him my way, <laughs> kind of thing. I love the next bit. Elisha doesn't even go out of the house. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't go outside. Instead, he sends his servant. He's arrived. Can you see this guy, you know, incredible, he's probably got bits of armor, he's got all these soldiers and chariots, 
He sends his servant out. And then he says to him, go and dip in the river. It's like, what? Go and dunk yourself in the Jordan River. And you can almost hear Naaman saying, I thought he would. Have any of you ever said that? Last year, did you say, I thought, (laughs) I thought he would at least come out to meet me. And then this next phrase, I expected him to. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. The Bible says Naaman turned and went away in a rage. You know, it's possible to miss the purposes of God. It's possible to miss because they're not what I expected them to be. It's not how I thought he would do it. It's not how I expected things to unfold. He turned and went away in a rage. Isaiah 55, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. I thought. I expected, but God, but God. Question is then, how do we react? How do we respond? At the beginning of uh, December, one of our Sunday morning prayer meetings, to which everyone is always very welcome, uh, Mike Groves brought a prophetic word. It was on the 5th, Sunday the 5th. He brought a prophetic word which I want to, want to read out to you. I've transcribed it and we may even just print some of these out uh, for the 40 days. But he says this, I was praying and I got a very clear picture of two fields side by side, literally square with hedgerows right around them. In each field there's a gate and the gates are open wide. I had this sense that God was saying, Apex, I love you so much. I've got so much more for you than you've not seen before. There's one gate that you could go through into one field. That's the field of usualness. It's a field we've done this before. It's a field of a sense of, let's do that again. There's nothing wrong with that field. It's a really good field. God wants to bless us if we go through that one. But there's another one which holds even greater blessing. This field can be found next to the other one. There's such a sense of the Spirit of God in this field, which is drawing us in, we don't know what we're letting ourselves in for. Through the 40 days of prayer, God is going to give you new things. He's going to give you new hope. He's going to give you fresh souls. He's going to give you more and more healings that you long to see. This is a field that you can see All these things that God wants to give us. But it is through repentance. There is a fruit from repentance which God absolutely delights in. He wants us to move into this field, but it will be that as his people we humble ourselves and bend our knee. As we pray and seek your face, Lord, through repentance. 
Lord, you're going to bring us into this sense of something that is wonderful and fresh, new and exciting. Lord, we thank you that your promises for this church are good and sound and true. That's very encouraging. Very powerful word. I really appreciated Mike's courage in bringing this to us. Uh, Les, Les Seeger also gave me a word a couple of days later, which I, I want to share in upcoming prayer meetings. But I've been thinking and reflecting on what Mike brought, and particularly this call to repentance. Because it, it does come a bit left field. You've got this word, and God is saying, if you step into this, this field, you know, there's more that I've got for you, and you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's almost like there's this moment through repentance. Now, it's very biblical, of course. But I was asking, what is this repentance about? There's many areas, many issues of repentance. Actions, attitudes that we may have that are not of God, that we need to recognize and turn from. So that's what repentance means, doesn't it? To turn all of which, as we do turn, will release us into his purpose and his plans for us. But I've been asking the Lord, is there anything more specific, whether personally or corporately? And I'm still asking, because I think potentially there's a number of things that God may want to point out to us in the weeks to come as we pray. But I think that one area is in our attitude our expectation, our response of what we think God should do and how he should do it. Perhaps even who he chooses to do it through as well. Don't know if you've ever looked on at a situation and said, if I was God, I wouldn't choose that person. And yet he has. And yet he has. I think there's a number of areas but I think just at the moment, right now, for some of us personally, but also for us corporately, God says, my ways are not your ways. I think there are some things that God is wanting to show. Somebody prayed, um, Dave read that scripture, it's a new day, it's a new thing, I'm doing a new thing. I think somebody prophetically spoke that at the beginning of, uh, the end of last year, uh, the sense of there's something new God is wanting to do. If God does something new, will we be ready for it? Or will we turn away in anger? Now, I'm not about to lob you a left field thing here, by the way. This isn't, I'm not about to say to you, oh, okay, here it comes. So please, what I'm saying is, are we ready to be led by God? And how will we react and respond when sometimes, perhaps often, it's different to what we had expected? See, as we begin to pray, so we begin to seek his face. God will speak. We're asking him to speak. We're asking him to lead us. Are we ready for what he might say? And I think this is personal to some of you. I think it's also corporate. How do you respond when it's not what you imagined or not what you had hoped for? As I've said already, we live with a deep truth. God is good. He's for us and he is towards us. This little Israelite maid 
who'd um, been taken into slavery, as it were. She knew that. If only my master would encounter the presence and power of God through his prophet, he would be healed. If only he would go and meet with the presence of God, he would be healed. But his ways are so often different to what we expect. How are we to respond? Now, I just quoted just now Isaiah 55 Verse 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways, my my thoughts, my ways are higher than your ways. But as ever, the verses that come before are key. So often we can quote a verse and say, oh, the Lord says, my ways, my thoughts. What are the verses before? Listen, verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways, the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. Turn to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, declares the Lord, etc. You see where this starts? Seeking the Lord. Turning to him. Turning away from sin. Turning away from unrighteousness. Turning away from those things that are not of God. And not of the heart of God. Calling on Him. You see, as I get closer and closer to the Lord, I begin to see His face and hear His voice and and recognize His heart. And then when those things are, are surprising to me and my humanness, do come. I react in the right way. I respond in the right way. I don't throw my toys out with anger. I don't get into a place of bitterness or or depression because I'm seeking the Lord daily. I'm calling on Him. Why are we encouraging each other to build a daily pattern of prayer? That we might know the Lord that we might recognize his voice. Now, this is a lifetime, isn't it? So the question, is he the God of the left field? Question mark. Is he a left field God? Or is it that we are surprised, shocked even, that his ways are not our ways? I don't actually believe in that sense that he is the God of the left field of of surprises in the sense that, but he is sovereign. Am I am I communicating? You, it's a surprise to me, and I can go, oh, that came out of left field. But the Lord says, if only you'll know me more deeply, if only you'll pursue me more more carefully. You wouldn't be so surprised. If you dig into my word, you'll see how I work. If you take hold of my my word, you'll see how I work in the world. You'll see how I work in individuals' lives. You'll see how I work in nations. And it won't knock you off your perch in such a powerful way. Seek my face. Call on me. I think for some of us there is a personal response. What's the simple thing that
that the Lord is asking you to do today, this year? What's the simple thing? I, I love those. They were brave, weren't they, those servants, those soldiers? I mean, they could have had their heads chopped off or whatever. Master, he simply asked you to dip in the river. I love that bit. If he'd have asked you something really complicated, look at all the gold and silver and all the, you know, if he'd have asked you something really complicated, you'd have loved to have done that, wouldn't you? Well, yes, because that would have been your effort. But he simply says, go and dip in the river seven times. Obedience. What's the simple thing the Lord is asking you to do? Are you resisting? Are you frustrated? Are you angry? Maybe very different to what you'd expected. But if you will turn, if we will turn as that just prophetic word from Mike, repentant obedience, coming humbly. The Lord's saying, look at the glories that I have for you. Look at the purposes and plans that I have for you. Are you going to go your way? There's a usualness there. That's okay. That's good. I have blessed that and I will bless you. But there's more. But will you walk my way? Will you step into the unknown of my purposes? Will you come my way? Will you turn in repentant, obedient response and begin to see something you could not have asked or imagined? Corporately, we've been given this wonderful prophetic word. It rings so true with much of Scripture. I love this phrase, Apex, I love you so much. I've got so much more for you than you've not seen before. Which gate will we walk through? Which gate will we walk through? Is it the one of usualness? Not bad, not wrong. But potentially, it is one where we can get stuck. Even stale. Missing out on the glorious more that God has for us. As we enter these 40 days ready for God to show us new, different to what we had expected things. Maybe for some of us there's a need to repent and to respond to what he speaks to us. Maybe the worship team can come and help us. I've got a, a few minutes. I'd love us just to stand. I'd love us just to just think for a moment. Some of you, I suspect, that buttons have been pressed. Do you think, oh, yeah. I know, I know what that is. I know where that is. I just want to encourage you as we just take these moments in worship and reflection that if there are areas that you need to repent of where you have resisted this, the Lord in this last year, there have been things that you know he's said to you, but you've resisted. This is a moment just to repent and to surrender. Maybe, as it were, to dip in the Jordan.
You may also, for some of us, you may say, Mark, I don't like surprises. Anyone who knows me well will say, I I don't like surprises. I believe the Lord is gracious and compassionate. I believe he's slow to anger. He's rich in love. Because I'm quoting scripture that describes him. What he's inviting is you to come close. I believe he's inviting you individually. I believe he's inviting us as a church to get to know him at a new level, to seek his face, to come before him in humble, repentant, if needed, hearts, saying, Lord, your ways are not my ways. Your ways are higher than my ways. Would you, Lord, would you come and work on my heart today? Lord, would you come and work on my attitudes today? Lord, would you come and fill me with your spirit that I might be more and more in tune with you this year? Prepare me, Lord, for things that you want to say that are different to what I expected, for things that I had expected to happen. Would you give me ears that are open, eyes that are open to hear and to see what it is that you're wanting to do? I want to pray in a moment because I believe there's some of you who are really asking God for direction. You're asking God for, for leading, particularly in your life. And there might there'll be a moment, just a moment. Maybe is there a song we can just mm-hmm. sing? Let's sing a song together that just as responding. But feel free to kneel if you need to and sit if you need to. But let's be responding to the Lord. And then we'll pray for those who are looking for direction and leading as well.